greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production.
Hello and welcome to the Hogan Era Podcast. I am your host, JP John Paz, right here on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire, part of the TMPT feed each and every week here on the Hogan Era Podcast, talking about the greatest era ever in the history of the wrestling business, the era of 1983 to, excuse me, 1984 to 1993 in the WWF. The era that made Vince McMahon a billionaire and made wrestling fans all over there love all over the world, love the business forever. And that is, of course, the beautiful Hogan era. Each and every week here, we're talking about some of the greatest moments, matches, and, of course, some of the greatest feuds ever in the history of the business. All, of course, involving the immortal Hulk Hogan. It's his reign of dominance in the WWF was a nice, long tenure which led to the biggest boom, really, ever in the history of the business. They made so much money. It's funny. It's like, oh, nowadays they make billions. Yes. Thank you, Hulk. And thank you, you know, for putting everything together and laying the foundation. Without Hulk and this Hogan era, we're not seeing the amount of money that they're making today. And they're not making it via wrestling, per se. They're making it from Peacock and from the TV deals with NBC and obviously Fox as well and making so much money from Saudi Arabia as well. So when you look at the Hogan era and we've been each and every week here talking about some big feuds and obviously some big time moments, you think about Andre the Giant, you think about Macho Man Randy Savage, Rowdy Roddy Piper, the big boss man, Akeem. I mean, there's so many names and so many guys that we've talked about here on the last 45 weeks. And now this being week 46 of the show, I want to talk about somebody a little bit different, somebody who may be a little controversial, but somebody who was there for a lot of the big moments. He did have uh, a handful, maybe more matches, of course, involving Hulk Hogan, but he was really the right-hand man for the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase, and that is the one and only Virgil, the very, very controversial character. It was funny, like, if you type in Hulk Hogan and Virgil online, you're like, okay, let's see what I get with this kind of match. No, what you get is a lot of Virgil saying that he made Hogan's career and that he made Hogan famous and he made Hogan all this money and that he's really the guy behind the Hogan era and the golden era, so to speak, of the World Wrestling Federation. But I just think that obviously that's his shtick, that's Virgil being Virgil, him being the uh, the silent comedian that he is. Uh, just stuff that he says you can never really take too seriously anyway. I mean, I love Virgil. I was always a big fan. I, I love his shtick, but I just thought it was hilarious, like, going through and being like, he said, what about Hogan? Um, obviously, I don't know if anybody's buying it. Hey, maybe they are. Maybe they do think Virgil was kind of the foundation of the Hogan era. Um, I've got to say, probably not on that one. Uh, you know, No offense to Virgil. I love the guy, but uh, it was uh, obviously more to do with the Hulkster than anything. But I just thought that was so funny. And he says it's so dead faced and so deadpan and, and, and straight faced that he was responsible for making all this money. He was a big part of the era. So, hey, got to give it to him. He's sticking to that character and he's sticking to his guns about it. So, really, when you think about Virgil and you think about WBF, he really made his debut September 17th, 1986. He lost to Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff at a wrestling challenge taping. That was wrestling challenge number four in Salisbury, Maryland. He wasn't even Virgil at that point. He was Luscious Brown. So uh, the Mike Jones, if you will, was Luscious Brown for his WBF debut. He would really be under contract after they saw him and had a spot for him. They really would put him under contract in the summer of 1987 as the bodyguard Virgil. And he was, of course, the bodyguard to the million-dollar man to DiBiase. His stage name supposedly 
was really thought up by Bob of the Brain Heenan. I don't know how true that is. That's kind of the lore or the legend of it, as far as Virgil is concerned. Where that comes from, of course, Dusty Rhodes' real name, Virgil Runnels. You know, as the history goes, Heenan says as a joke, as a jab, as a rib. Why don't we call him Virgil and kind of you know pretend that like you know he's a joke. He's a you know, a bit of a rib, if you will, saying like, "Oh, Virgil Runnels, Virgil is kind of like Jim Crockett's butler, slave, whatever, like that kind of thing." So they decided to make him Virgil, and obviously, very a very memorable name that everybody remembers years and years later, and a very memorable character. Virgil, of course, would carry Ted DiBiase's cash, and he would flaunt that he was the million dollar man. How rich he was! He would, of course, get beat up a lot. Um, by by the face, and you know, usually he was kind of the the fall guy or the guy that would get the beating, and DiBiase would kind of skate away for the most time, scot free. I mean, you know, he was a wrestler too, of course, but really he was the bodyguard of DiBiase, and that was his main focus and his main role. And it was perfect. He would rub his feet. He would do all those other, you know, all the other demeaning things that that you know this rich millionaire would make him do, and. You know, through his feuds, DiBiase meaning with his feuds of with Macho Man and Hercules and Jake the Snake Roberts, Virgil would end up getting the brunt of beatings from those guys most of the time, which was fun and which was great. And it would keep a lot of the heat on DiBiase and have his fall guy just get beat up and kind of taken taken out. Virgil, of course, was increasingly humiliated by DiBiase, and he would eventually turn on him. If you remember the Royal Rumble 1991, he hit him with the million-dollar belt. Obviously, led to a big feud. He became a big fan favorite. He became a big face. He befriended Rowdy Roddy Piper, and Rowdy Roddy Piper supposedly helped him and trained him. He actually would end up defeating DiBiase, if you remember, at WrestleMania 7 by Countout, with, which was a, just a, a big, big moment and a big-time feud because DiBiase was a major, major player. Was a main eventer, kind of went down to upper mid-card, and, and, but still was doing a lot of main events. He was a big part of the show, and he would end up being with Piper on WrestleMania 7, and he would defeat DiBiase by Countout. But, I mean, this was a huge win and a big storyline for him at the time, and it was very, you know, not like mid-card, as you would say. We're really much more towards upper mid-card because he was going after the million-dollar belt. He was going after one of the big heels. And at SummerSlam 91, he would actually pin DiBiase and win the million-dollar belt. So, of course, he lost back the million-dollar belt to DiBiase in November. Um, a little bit of interference from the Repo Man, if everybody remembers Tuesday in Texas. Repo Man and DiBiase would end up going defeating Virgil and Tito Santana. But I'm kind of skipping ahead too much going... Uh, a little bit further um, than than I wanted to, but as far as Virgil and the Hulkster are concerned, they would clash and it would clash a few times. But right before I get to that, I just want to mention his wrestling debut was on 10-23-1987, and he would end up losing to the Macho Man Randy Savage in Augusta, Georgia. So that was really his first match as Virgil and his first foray, and his really kind of debut. As he kind of went through his time, he would lose a bunch of matches to Bruce Barber Beefcake. He actually had a big win, shockingly, obviously, by nefarious means, and he cheated, but he had a huge win early on in his run in November of 87, where he defeated the Junkyard Dog, and that was on Nesson, so the which is part of the Boston Garden, Massachusetts, the part of the TV network, 11-7-87. Virgil gets a big win on TV against Junkyard Dog, so 
wasn't like you know he was a total whipping boy and you know totally getting destroyed and beat up and stuff so you know he did have a pretty good role and he was getting a tremendous amount of heel heat so i mean he was kind of one of those guys where yeah he's a jokey character yeah he wasn't important but he was in kind of important roles and important spots and important matches i mean he's out there with uh contract signings with hogan and andre the giant and obviously with Ted DiBiase by his side, I mean, he's out there for the DiBiase matches. I mean, he's really a key cog in the wheel. You could say he's a, you know, a lesser role or a lesser guy, but he was really a major part of the WWF. On Superstars number 88 at the Duluth Convention Center, it's actually the Entertainment Convention Center, Duluth, Minnesota, 5-10-88. Macho Man Randy Savage defeats Virgil. About five minutes, 30 seconds. That is a world title match. Then um, a few months later, Virgil would have another match. He actually went about five months from May to October without really having a match, but he was still out there, still involved in the DiBiase um, Macho Man feud, but a King of the Ring 1988 in, in 1988 in the first round, DiBiase, excuse me, uh, Virgil would lose to Macho Man Randy Savage again in about five minutes and 30 seconds. The thing about that King of the Ring was, yes, Virgil's in it, but DiBiase ends up winning it. So in 1988, King of the Ring was won by Ted DiBiase with Virgil at his side. He ended up helping DiBiase defeat Macho Man by countdown in the main event, earn the crown. That, of course, was Providence, Rhode Island. 6,700 people there. Not not too bad. No Hogan on the card, but uh, not too shabby there for the King of the Ring house show then. But let's talk a little bit about the Hogan feud. 125-88, Bam Bam Bigelow and Hulk Hogan defeat Ted DiBiase and Virgil in about 9 minutes, 30 seconds on the MSG Network, Madison Square Garden, New York City. That's actually a very good match, and you'll see that popping up a few places, but that is a very good match, a very good tag team match there. Then 3-5-1988, Hogan and Duggan defeated DiBiase and Virgil at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. 3-6-1988, Hulk Hogan and Jim Duggan defeated Ted DiBiase and Virgil at the Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California. Then Hogan gets a very rare one-on-one match. 3-12-1988, Landover, Maryland. Hulk Hogan would defeat Virgil in front of 8,500 people at the house show. Pretty awesome spot to be in. It's funny, it's, it's not really the main event. Really, it was the main event or billed as the main event of the show, but Andre versus Bigelow is also on the show and the actual main event was Don Morocco and George Steele defeating Butch Reed and the one-man gang. Morocco, of course, was with superstar Billy Graham. And Hogan was kind of the semi-main event, but was really billed as the, the main event. Hogan and Bam Bam Bigelow defeated DiBiase and Virgil in about 10 minutes, 3-13-88 from Hamilton, Ontario. Then 10-28-1988, Hercules and Hogan defeated DiBiase and Virgil once again. That is in Greensboro, North Carolina. And then really the last match that Virgil was in with the Hulkster was 1992 Royal Rumble, 119-1992 from the Knickerbock Arena in Albany, New York, which was, of course, won by Ric Flair as he won the vacant WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Really, though, with Virgil and his run, it's one of the things where, wow, he started in 87 and he's not gone until 1994 and does have some matches in 95. So, man, we're talking about an eight-year run here for Virgil. And a lot of people thinking, oh, jokey character and, you know, what did he really do and what did he really accompl- accomplish? 
he really, you know, had had his spot and had a good run. I mean, it was a great kind of spot to be in. And to me, you can't really knock the guy. I mean, he was an, an important key cog in the WWF wheel. On 113.89, Hercules defeated Virgil in three minutes on Nesson, all a part of the Hercules DiBiase feud. Then Dustin and Dusty Rhodes come into play as Virgil loses a few house show matches to Dusty. Dustin and Dusty actually lose to DiBiase and Virgil at MSG. 3-24-1990 at a house show at Square Garden on the MSG network. Virgil shockingly has a bunch of house show wins. And I mean, you're going to be floored to hear this. And, and I really haven't heard anybody really talk about this. But during this run, he loses Texas Tornado in eight minutes on MSG in New York City, but he goes on through a little bit of a house show tear. He would end up defeating Dusty on a few house shows, uh, you know, a bunch in a row, which is pretty damn shocking. He beat Shane Douglas on a house show. He's defeating Haku on Superstars, 128-1991. Um, so, you know, he does get some big wins. Of course, like I mentioned, Royal Rumble 91, which is on 119-91. DiBiase and Virgil defeated Dusty and Dustin in 10 minutes. And then, of course, Virgil turned on DiBiase after the match. He had enough. The crowd went nuts. Big, big-time pop. So, really, I mean, he's getting some big wins. He's beating Brooklyn Brawler. He's beating Haku. He's getting um, some wins over Dusty Wolf. Uh, he's doing some really, really uh, some good stuff. The Rockers and Virgil defeated Mr. Fuji in the Orient Express in 10 minutes. MSG, 422.91. Like I mentioned, WrestleMania 7, he defeated DiBiase by account that. SummerSlam 91, he defeats him. Uh, you know, with uh, Barati Piper by his side, he wins the million dollar belt. So, I mean, he really, you know, for being all this jokey guy and lonely Virgil and, you know, everything else you hear about him, he, he did have a great run. And nowadays, it's funny with the autograph scene and him getting booked, he's getting booked for real. And people are paying him to come out, and he's really, you know, he's doing okay. I know a buddy who booked him for a show, and he did very good with it. And Virgil, you know, is, for whatever reason, popular. He kind of got hot for a minute there. I know that, obviously, he's got the, the Megan brothers, the boys, if you will, running his social media, and it's not really him. And that kind of got him over a bit, the meat sauce stuff and all that other stuff. I mean, that's fine and dandy and good for whatever it was, but it's not really him doing it. It's not really Virgil. But if you hear him in interviews and, and hear him talk, I mean, it's kind of in the spirit of Virgil, but, you know, not quite. To me, I'm not, not really a, a big fan of, of the, the fake Virgil, but it is what it is. 11-11-1991, million-dollar title match. This is where DiBiase defeated Virgil in 10 minutes to win it back, part of Primetime Wrestling Survivor Series Showdown 1991. He would then go on to a bunch of different house shows and defeat Ted DiBiase. Of course, then IRS starts teaming up with DiBiase. They start creating Money, Inc., and they would defeat Bossman and Virgil on several house shows. Survivor Series 91 comes about, and Ric Flair, DiBiase, the Mountie, and the Warlord defeated Roddy Piper, Bret Hart, British Bulldog, and Virgil at the greatest challenge from Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. That was on 11-27-1991. So you're going through Virgil's run in his career. I mean, he he would have, you know, different things going on. WrestleMania 8 would come up. Virgil would team with Boss Man Slaughter and Jim Duggan. They would defeat the Nasty Boys, Knob Sags, of course, Repo Man and the Mountie. Virgil would actually end up getting a pin in that match. with some, you know, miscommunication amongst the heels, and he would pin Brian Knobs. He kind of basically, you would say, primarily was a put-over guy, the job guy, enhancement guy for a bunch of guys as we head further into 1992. He would lose to Nails at SummerSlam 92. He would lose to Yokozuna at Survivor Series 92. Um, 
he did actually, and maybe his best match ever. Good, really, really excellent match. He received the shot at Bret Hart's WWF World Heavyweight Championship, November 21st, 1992, on Superstars. It was a valiant effort. It was a good match, but Virgil ends up submitting to the sharpshooter. After the match, those two have a sign of respect and shake hands. He really kind of, I don't know, just one of those things where he wasn't really destined to be higher on the card. He was going to be used as, you know, the guy, he's going to get a good pop. He's going to get a nice ovation, but he's going to put over a lot of the young guys coming up or a lot of the guys, bigger guys that they're going to push ahead of Virgil. Good spot to be in, not bad at all. He actually would lose to Johnny Polo a bunch of times in November of 93, so you kind of feel he's going kind of way, way downhill there. His last appearance on pay-per-view was at Royal Rumble 1994. He was actually a late substitute for Kamala. He gets eliminated in that one. He did have a notable feud with the returning Nikolai Volkov in the summer of 1994. He'd be on television, you know, here and there, but mostly on the house show circuit. And he would end up getting released in August of 1994. If you look at it, his real like last match in the WWF was really 1995. But you could say that 1994, really 8 Nikolai Volkov defeats him in Massachusetts. That's his last match. Then he gets released, but then he gets brought back in the fall, or excuse me, the spring of 1995, and he loses a slew of house show matches to John Pierre Lafitte. So, you know, they kind of gave him a tryout or they were bringing him back again, but it didn't really work out. And that was really his last match there with John Pierre Lafitte. And that was on 6 4 19. 95. His real last match, of course, supported which I would consider the Hogan era, was a loss to Well Done. Well Done, Stephen Well and Timothy Well defeated Jerry Fox and Virgil on Superstar Staping number 367, Grand Rapids, Michigan. That would really consider my cutoff point and my considering the last match of him of, of the Hogan era, 831 1993. So Virgil, you know, it is what it is. Eventually become a member of the NWO as Vincent had a nice little run in WCW as well, thanks to the Hulkster. You know, maybe not as Virgil would say, as he flipped it. You know, he would say Hulkster could thank him for his career. I would probably say thank, you know, thank you, Hogan. Uh, if I was Virgil, thank him for his career. So as far as Virgil, obviously everybody remembers that he was Million Dollar Man's bodyguard. You know, in, in essence, he was, uh, you know, his weapon boy, so to speak. He got over as a babyface when he turned on DiBiase. He had a nice long run, 1987, like I mentioned, to 1994, and a few matches in 95. So can't complain there. Made a ton of money in the business when you probably thought it was highly unlikely that he wouldn't. But, hey, you know, he is what he is, one of those guys. He's got that quiet charisma about him that, that you got to enjoy. And for whatever reason, you got to look back and think fondly of Virgil. So let's about wrap it up for this week. Keep your eyes out on the Hogan era for a lot of other Hogan era details, a lot of Hogan era projects coming up. If you go to tpublic, tpublic.com slash store slash TMPT, check it out. Get all new Hogan era merchandise with a great new graphic. Thanks to Iron Skull Productions. They always do a bang up job, but go to tpublic.com slash stores slash TMPT by the Hogan era shirt. It's really, really an awesome logo. I just got some on red. So the red and yellow, the old Hogan colors look awesome. Great stuff. Um, and hopefully you'll hear some other projects coming out of the Hogan era coming soon. So you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. And of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Check out the TMPT feed. You got a Ric Flair interview up there. Got a Kurt Angle interview. 
got a, a great interview with the uh, godfather rvd so much more also check out the hogan interview as well from a few months ago but thank you everybody for listening see you right back here next week for the hogan era podcast we'll see you next week folks this has been a john paz power trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling you could follow us on instagram and twitter at two-man power trip you could check us out on facebook you could subscribe on youtube you can go to patreon.com slash tmpt empire to become a patron and also check out the website tmpt empire.com and buy a shirt at pro wrestling tees.com two-man power trip where the power lies brother. This you know, Bobby Heenan, a lot of people would like to have seen that snake gnawing on uh, your arm or another portion of your anatomy. What do you mean me? I don't bother anybody. No, not I don't do a thing wrong. No? Introducing first the challenger, being accompanied to the ring by his Look at the bombshell. Watch her. Take a look at Sensational Sherry. I don't see her. I saw her earlier. Wow! That's my centerfold, pal. How many pages are there in your book? Doesn't matter. Is she something? She's something. You know, I'm not too sure what, but she's something. Madonna's talking about copying, copying her makeup. Oh, really? Mm. She's beautiful. In your eyes only. I saw that movie. Oh, I thought you were talking about something else. Million Dollar Man wants his championship back. And I don't believe he's going to get it. He has been trying since SummerSlam to no avail. What makes him think that tonight he will regain his million dollar belt. With his money, you never know what he's up to. What do you mean by that? Virgil could have switched him. There it is. Virgil, the million dollar belt. Like George Foreman on neutral system. Virgil accomplishing the impossible back in SummerSlam. And Virgil, of course, this Wednesday night, Thanksgiving Eve, at the pay-per-view spectacular. Teaming up with a lot of good friends. Rowdy Roddy Piper, the captain. Brett, the Hitman, Hard Intercontinental Champion. And the British Bulldog. But you know they're going against McMahon? Yeah, go ahead, say it. The Warlord. The Mountie. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. And hold on to your chair. The real heavyweight champion of the world, Ric Flair. consultant, Mr. Perfect. Along with, I would suspect, uh, Sensational Sherry. And perhaps Jimmy, Jimmy Hart. Hart. And perhaps... Who? Well, Harvey? Oh, Hart, remember him? Harvey Whippleman. Our secret weapon. Secret weapon. You never know. Trust me. Just keeps you loose. Jake told me that's a good motto to have in life. 
Virgil versus the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. You will recall, it was Virgil who was in the employ of Ted DiBiase. That's and one of the humiliating things DiBiase put Virgil through. That's what he had it made. All he had to do was keep his mouth shut, get his paycheck, and not bother anybody. See, Piper got a hold of him and tried to help this man think. But Virgil can't think. Wait a minute, he can't think. He's the million-dollar champion. Well, Don't tell me he can't think. That's because Piper put him up to it and installed a little courage in the man and a little uh, intestinal fortitude. But as time goes on, DiBiase, he know, he, DiBiase taught him everything he knows, right? But he didn't teach him everything DiBiase knows. Over now, right back in. Nicely blocked by Virgil. Coming right back. Nice hip toss by Virgil. Way to go. You can be the smartest person in the world. Oh, take down, hip toss. You can be the toughest person in the world. One, one, two, three, yes. No, no, no. But if you got a million bucks, McMahon, you can buy those smart people and those tough people. You can get the job done. Well, DiBiase has not bought one fan here. You can't buy the fans. Money talks and Virgil walks. Yeah, Virgil's walking all right. He walked into the ring with a championship belt, and he's very likely to walk out of the ring with it as well. Right. He has been lucky, I'll admit that. DiBiase, master technician, taking over on Virgil. Clothesline misses. Virgil, small package, one, two, and gets him in three. Yes, he about as close as you can get. I thought for sure that was a three count. See, that shows DiBiase's experience. He knew where he was. He knew how to kick out. He knew when to kick out. He got lucky. He was lucky. But he still knew what he was doing. Virgil was lucky. Rowdy Rowdy Piper captaining the team headed to the Survivor Series. Piper, Red Hart, the Bulldog will join Virgil. And to compete, as you stated earlier on, against Ric Flair, the alleged real world champion of this team, the Mountie, the Warlord, and DiBiase himself, who is unquestionably having his problems at the moment. And don't forget, it's going to be Hulk Hogan's greatest challenge. That is for sure. The Hulkster versus The Undertaker. Wait a minute, he's got... Okay. He has a tights. DiBiase has a okay. tights. That's okay. That's okay. That's Virgil. You can do that. It doesn't matter how you beat Virgil as long as you beat him. That's the rules. Bobby Heenan, you have no ethics at all. No morals. Sure I do. Woman at the bank in Beverly Hills, when I give her my check, she says, thank you, Mr. Heenan. That's all that counts. That's not all that counts. Maybe in your book. Standing side headlock by Virgil. DiBiase trying to escape, backing Virgil to the corner. Referee asking for the clean break. Good luck. Waffle him, waffle him. Come on. Drive it in there, drive it in there. Come on, let him out. Oh, chop. Virgil for the ride. No reversal. DiBiase for the run. Virgil coming in, and unfortunately, DiBiase landing the elbow. Crafty maneuver on the part of the former million-dollar champion. To the outside, Virgil. What's he trying to do there? He can't win the match that way. I think he's sending a message to Virgil. Championship rule. Oh, come on. Three points through the uprights. Scratch him. You don't know 
Virgil said to her out there. He didn't say anything. I think he made oh, some sense. Come on, wait a minute. Being gouged by a high heel. DiBiase going to the outside. Come on, ref, get a hold of that. Get a hold of the match. Maintain Samoya. We'll be back as the match resumes in the ring. Get him, Sherry, get him. And the action continuing on the outside. Finally, Virgil thrown back in. DiBiase knows what he's doing. He can't beat him on the floor. He's got to beat him in that ring. He threw him out there just to give him a little message. And by the way, championship rules will apply here in this matchup. DiBiase cannot win the belt with a disqualification or with the count-out. He has to pin the shoulders of Virgil in order to recapture the million-dollar belt. And I don't think he's going to do it. Well, I'm pretty sure during that break, I heard Virgil say, I'm sorry, give me my job back. I made a mistake, Mr. DiBiase. Quit kicking me like a dog, please, please. Are you sure that wasn't Sherry? I'm sure. Virgil now in the clutches. Oh, look like Virgil's gonna go for the ride. Up he goes. Suplex. DiBiase for the cover. Hooks the leg. Gets it to it almost a count of three. Come on, Raph. A little faster. No choke. Legal side headlock. Looks like DiBiase is pulling the hair. Out of what, his ears? Well, I kind of looked it a moment ago. Now, you could reach up his nostrils with both hands and pull hair. I don't know about that. It's like a two-car garage. Virgil, hanging in there. He's got some fight left in him. Virgil, despite being choked down, Virgil back up. to the midsection. DiBiase smiling. Put him to sleep. Million dollar dream, Teddy. Slap it on him. And it's all yours. Ted DiBiase. Oh, come on. Put right in the kisser. Ted DiBiase wants the million dollar belt back. Sherry's getting mad, and when she gets mad, somebody's going to suffer. Virgil still hanging on, despite being attacked on the outside by DiBiase, and earlier on, blatantly by Sherry herself. Don't forget Survivor Series, his partners are Bret Hart, the British Bulldog, and Rowdy Roddy Piper. And you can bet none of that chicanery is going to be going on around ringside, not with that team. Thanksgiving Eve, boy, pay-per-view is going to be something. One crush, oh, look at this. Oh, he missed, bow, bow. You can sit in the living room or the den watch this on pay-per-view like Aunt Connie and Aunt Helen and all the other bimbos are making those pies and sweet potatoes and all that other stuff that doesn't taste well. Virgil connected. That's the way to go. Virgil, a shot to the throat. One upstairs now. To the side of the head, he goes left, jabs. Oh, nice right hand. Come on, Ted, get on your feet. Shake them cobwebs. You know where you are. Virgil getting it together. The million dollar champion. Virgil now taking it to DiBiase. Oh. Yes, downstairs. Oh, what a 